Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about paranormal experiences with death with a very special guest, hospice nurse Julie. She is a death and dying educator and a hospice nurse. Very excited to talk to her. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Um, Now, Julie is in the green room. I have not ventured into the green room today I know. because I'm a little nervous about this guest as I have found out that I suffer from death anxiety. She talks about this a lot yeah. on her TikTok and her IG and I finally have a name for what you go through because this is a real, no, like all kidding aside, like yeah. this is a real issue for you. No, it, it really is. Um, I, now, I think there, there's two aspects to this. I, I think there's one which is the fear of the, the process of death. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole thing where your body shuts down and all yeah. these things happen and then you go, you know, pass, whatever. You transition, yeah. Yeah, that's not really, for me, where, where it's at. Yeah. For me, it's this, well, let me, let me just kind of go into this. Okay. For, for me, it's like this idea of nothingness. Yeah. And now, I don't want to freak people out here. <laughs> I, I could possibly freak you all out. I'll try not to, but this is for me, it freaks me out. Yeah. So, and, I, and again, if anyone like has this, please, you know, DM me and let me know or DM Mystic Michaela and let, and let her know. Here's the thing. So, and I, okay, sometimes I'll just be sleeping. Yeah. Right? So I go to bed, I sleep and I wake up in this like panic. This happens like at least twice a week. No, no, I, no. I, yeah. I, no, because yeah? you don't always fully wake up. Okay. Because like you'll like start almost like crying in your sleep yes and i'll be like honey it's fine i'm right here and then yeah. you go back to sleep right so yeah it happens very quickly and I, yeah i'll like be whimpering in my sleep or something <laughs> but you're like oh, oh. like you, just, yeah. you really get i don't mean to laugh it's just so it's it's so i don't know it's this, so awful it became funny i don't know yeah. what's my problem yeah well and, and sometimes this does happen to me as well when i'm awake yes and i know it but but i know it also happens when i'm sleeping so like it can't like it's weird but anyway this is what happens basically the thoughts that go through my head are this like inevitability thing. So yeah. it's inevitable yeah. that this is going to happen. Like there's no way it could possibly not happen. Yeah. Like I'm going to pass and then there's going to be billions and billions and, and eternity is going to happen. Like, and that's like, it's just, it's going to happen. Like eternity has to happen. So like when I, that happens, you know, I just freak out. Yeah. Like if like freaks me out. That this will happen, and then like, I, I don't know. Does that make any sense? It's like, of course, and I'll start freaking out. No, it's that's that's true. Right. You're born to die, right? Like, no yeah. matter what you do, yes, you could you could delay it. You know, <laughs> you could eat like fruits and vegetables and delay it a few years, <laughs> but that's that's basically irrelevant because there's billions of years to go trillions whatever infinity years to go yeah but i think like i guess the way and it's really you've always been this way yes and what's weird is that you inadvertently married into this family of like mediums and psychics maybe that wasn't maybe that was maybe maybe you didn't know that when we when you met me no i did not you know for a while we talked about that and so it's i just don't think there's any accidents and maybe there was like this subconscious just like soul connection or something because like it's just we don't really fear that in my house i mean obviously i don't want to die i got stuff to do you know but like i um don't have a fear of what's next because we're energy so a lot of like what you go through is from your 
own human like w- like where's my consciousness if it's not in this body like that yeah. kind of thing yeah I, I mean i get i get it's just this like the the geological time is what like freaks well, me out. Well, time's not real. I know. There's no such thing as time. Like, There's only time because you're in a biological body. But if you were outside of your biological body, time's, time's not real. Time's an illusion. Time's nothing. It's always the same moment forever. Yeah. Time is only something that we've constructed as humans. Like it's, it's always just the same moment. If right. that makes sense. I guess. I mean, it does. I mean, in some ways it might be helpful because like, like if the kids have like some problem that they think is like the end of the world well, yeah, or if I that. have a problem that's the end of the world, I'm like, well, the sun's going to blow up one day. Well, I found this article yeah, this and, week and I brought it up to you because this is the stuff that you're always telling us. Yes. <laughs> and there was like this article that actually was just published like two weeks ago. Um, like about the sun dying and scientists have calculated that in 5 billion years, the sun is basically going to eat a bunch of other planets, including ours, um, burn like super bright and hot for a billion years and then die out. Right. But like, so in 5 billion years, like that's it. Like there yeah. will be no earth. Right. Like that's like a fact. And the, and the <laughs> fact is it's inevitable. It's it, going to happen. Oh, God. It's going to happen. <laughs> okay, come People, down. it's going to happen. And then they said like, but in a billion years from now, all the oceans are going to be evaporated anyhow. Right. So even even if you're if there's human life in five billion years, God knows what that would look like because there's no like water on yeah. earth. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so I feel like with you, what happens is <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Every once in a while, it's almost like your top blows. Like you just can't handle that. Like the whole, but you got to understand, like you're linking your existence to earth. Like you're linking your identity and your existence and who you are to this earthly plane where your biological self that your soul got plopped into needs. When your energy, you don't need the earth. Okay. You don't need anything. You you can live in the universe. You can live anywhere. Your energy. There's like a whole different plane you exist on. So you're linking who you are to the body you're in, which needs what you are or whatever. Does that make sense? Y- yeah. Now, look, I'm on my spiritual journey, my awakening. <laughs> I mean, I was even talking about today how far I've come. You are, yeah. But there's still like roadblocks for me. Well, you know? I mean, I just try to these now this is what I tell you in the middle of the night when you start crying about your existential issues. Now, yeah. I found this article and I told you about it and then you're like, "Yes, that's why nothing matters." So like, right. my life with somebody like this is I'll be watching. I'm just like living my life. You know what? I got my popcorn. I got my reality TV show on. You come in, you grab a handful <laughs> of my popcorn and you're like, "What is this?" You know, the sun's going to blow up in five billion years. <laughs> who, who cares? Who cares about this trash like that? And it's like, oh, my God, dude. Like, just- well, no, that, yeah. Well, the other day there was like that, I know, the feud between the Spears sisters. Oh, Brittany. Jamie Lynn and Brittany. Yeah, yeah and I'm just like, I, I walk in and I see that it's like all over the news. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, dirt's going to blow up one day. And no one's going to ever remember the name Britney Spears. It's just not going to – like that name is – like in a, 2000, a thousand years, that name's not even going to exist anymore. So who who cares? Like, that's know. what I was basically well, saying. Well, that's like – but it, it, like Brie got a, a bad grade on her science <laughs> and you, you use the same logic. Right. Like or we had to get a faucet for the upstairs bathroom and then like we had to go to Home Depot, which is always like really hard for us as a couple. <laughs> and, and like we're walking through the aisles and, you know, we just can't figure stuff out that – and you're just like, you know, the earth is going to blow up. And <laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay. So 
This is. Before, I fall back on this. My fallback. Okay. Before children, um, you would show me around New York because that's where you're from. And we went to what planetarium? The was Hayden, that? Hayden Planetarium. I feel like it was around your birthday too. Or oh my gosh! Which really was a bad combo. Bad idea. And we went to the planetarium, and it was the coolest thing. It's a it was a really cool experience, and like you sit down, and it looks like you're looking at the universe, which was really cool. And, you know, Harrison Ford, who knows who's narrating it now, but Harrison Ford was, like, narrating this whole thing, and you're, like, watching, you're, like, wow, it's a really cool experience, like, the whole room feels like you're in space. Okay, next, as I'm, like, really involved, invested in this, it's so cool, next to me is you, and you're, like, shaking. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, like, the whole world's gonna blow up, nothing matters, Uh, like, it really wasn't, so since then, we can't go to planetariums. No, I, I... But a real big mistake we made was watching the movie Interstellar yeah, look, with I, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we could be sucked up by a black hole any minute. Any minute, a black <laughs> hole could come and suck us all up. And what does it matter, like, that you did this little nonsense or that? Like, it's, it's, the minutia of life just, like, really sometimes gets to it me. It could both it's so meaningless. be uh, helpful for you in yes, life. It which is. Which, for me, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's very helpful. Or it could be really... Uh, detrimental depending yeah. on which way you fall on that um, yeah well that that's logic why, scott right <laughs> that's why i like a lot of stuff probably doesn't ever get done by me just because i can't handle Well, sometimes like when you need something done like okay like we're gonna plan the kid's birthday party or something and you're like you just like stop like functioning oh. and i'm like dude we got to do this and you're just like a oh, black hole <laughs> it, it's a real problem so it anyway is. so so we've been dealing with that i don't know Hospice nurse Julie might help you a little bit because she's got some really interesting paranormal experiences to share with us that she's seen uh, patients go through of hers. Um, Okay, but yeah, but Interstellar. Well, yeah, let's not even. It's a. I can't even talk about it. You all go. You all should go watch that. Let's let's turn to something a little bit more funny for just before we cut to break. Okay. So I might be terrified of a black hole coming. Yeah. But when I walked out the door this morning, you were talking to the squirrels. So, okay, so can we, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you literally had a full on conversation. I had How are you doing? How's the weather? Are you eating well with a squirrel this morning? I had an indigo moment this morning. I can't believe you're bringing it up because it makes me sound crazy, but I was outside. It was very early. It was like, cause we're 8 a.m. And I hear like a meowing. And I'm like, it sounded like a weak kitten. So I'm like, oh my God, like, where's the weak kitten? It's like, meow, meow. Like, that was the sound. And I'm like, and I start making the sound to try to locate <laughs> whatever this animal is. And then I hear it getting louder and then I'm closer. It was a squirrel and it was literally like three feet away from me. And it was looking up at me and it was, I didn't know kittens, I didn't know uh, squirrels made the same sound as like kittens. It was meowing at me. So then I meowed, and then it meowed, and then I meowed, and then it meowed. And then I'm like, you know, I made my cat noises, like, come here, come here, what's wrong? What's going on? And then it was, like, looking at me and meowing, and we had, like, a connection. Yes, yes, yes. And and now the squirrel lives with them. <laughs> I feel like I, I know the squirrel, though, because I feel like it's the same one that comes out sometimes when I'm watching the kids play outside anyways all right well this is very okay, interesting well, whatever because <laughs> i'm sure other people listening have had the same conversations with their backyard animals all right talking to the squirrels all right well this is very interesting because our ad right now coming up is dad grass yeah hey scott have you ever been just too damn high yeah when i think too much about black holes smoking up the universe 
We've all been there. Today's weed, it can be tricky. Especially when you were talking to squirrels. Dadgrass makes it easy. It helps me with my death anxiety. They're reviving the pleasure of the casual smoke with 100% organic hemp so you can still chill out without the stress. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp and tinctures that relax your body and mellow your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints and tinctures are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. And if you're traveling this season, there's no need to worry. Take it with you wherever you go. TSA approved. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. And now they offer the finest tinctures on the market. All the mellow goodness of Dadgrass in a bottle. No smoke required. So right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash KYA. Go to dadgrass.com slash KYA for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash KYA. If you have multiple credit card balances each month and are only playing the minimums, barely making a dent in your credit card debt, it can be really discouraging. Well, Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly so you can feel like you're finally getting ahead. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff day. Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash KYA. That's upstart.com slash KYA. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. We appreciate that so much. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right, so Nurse Julie is still in the green room. I have not actually opened the door to check out what is going on in there. I hope she's okay. I'm a little scared to meet her. Um, But anyway, while we wait, you read this article the other day about Betty White. It was kind of very interesting. Yeah, so Betty White, as we know, passed, and this uh, conversation resurfaced that she had with a columnist back in 2012. And they asked her, hey, do you fear death? And she said that she really didn't based on this optimistic approach that came from the way she was raised and her mom. And she said that her mom said, you know, it's the one secret that we don't know. So whenever they would lose somebody very close or very dear, her mother would say, well, now they know the secret. And it always took, she said, the curse off of it somehow. It made it kind of an exciting or an interesting thing that they got to do, like an adventure they were taking, even though it was sad. It's like, well, they know the secret. And I thought that was such a really interesting 
I guess, per, way to perceive it and take like demystifies death or kind of destigmatizes it in a way, which is interesting because that's what we're talking about today with hospice nurse Julie, um, destigmatizing death and normalizing death. And so everyone's saying, okay, now Betty White, now she knows the secret. All right. So I guess in a way you know the secret a little bit too in the fact that you do a lot of medi- mediumship in your reading. So I don't know, what, what do you see when you're, like if someone comes to you and it's more of a mediumship reading rather than like an aura reading type uh, situation. So what do you see when you're doing these mediumship readings? Yeah, so I don't fear death either because I know there's after. And it's, I wish it was, it's kind of, because I'm an empathic medium, I get filled with person, their personalities and they fill me with their feelings that they have and they fill me with what they experience and they fill me with, Whatever that is on the other side, they'll give me glimpses of it. I don't control it. It's like whatever they want to show me. So I don't know exactly what goes on over there. But based on all the mediumship readings I've done and what they've allowed me to channel when they when they come through, I know that there's more over there. And it's interesting because everyone's different, but the energy on the other side is very purposeful. So you don't just go there and hang out. Like there is more work to be done on the other side. And I truly over and over and over again, get the impression that that's actually home, that this is the foreign place that we're going to this lifetime, this earthly um, time here. And the other side is actually where you go back to, to home. That's, that's the main thing I get from everybody that, that crosses over and connects, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always like a perception shift sometimes. Um, people like when they cross over, it's not like, you know, the secrets to like the secret to life or the secrets, like you'd get, you know, more. And what's interesting is sometimes a lot of times people who pass, what happens is they realize immediately that, wait a second, I should have said this, or now I see this more clearly, or now I should, you know, they have these feelings or these messages sometimes of making sure that you know they're okay. Because sometimes if they pass and they were scared, the big thing is they want to tell their loved ones who experienced that, like, no, I'm okay. It's okay. That's a huge message I get. No, it's good. It's fine. I'm really okay. Um, Sometimes with and this is just what I get, but sometimes with different, you know, people who were very religious, what's interesting is they'll, <laughs> like, and this is what I'll get, like, if somebody's, like, really Catholic or really Jewish or really something, though, on the other side, it's, like, they still cling to their faith, but they also kind of show me, like, well, I guess there was more than one way to get here. <laughs> like, I'll get that feeling, too, okay. kind of, so, which is interesting to me. Um, I, I also get sometimes a perception change, which is really, this is a really interesting story I wanted to share. And I forget who it was. So if you're listening, I'm sorry. I forget. I always forget uh, readings, but this one was interesting. So I remember the story, but forgot who it was about actually. So I'm going to change names up. But anyways, I was reading a woman who lost her dad and, and she gave me the picture of her father and he was older when he died, but he died kind of suddenly and without like a ton of closure for all sorts of reasons. But he was coming through, and I'm like, do you have a sister? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, he's sending all this love and he's to your sister, and he keeps saying, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, which is really weird. I just, get him, I just got him, like, needing me to repeat that. My daughter, my daughter, to this woman's sister. And she's like, and I'm like, and who's the A name? Who's the A name pointing at 
your sister. And she's like, she starts crying. She's like, well, (laughs) my sister was born a male who transitioned. So she's a trans woman. And the dad was not accepting of that at his passing. He still called him the son and by that name and did not accept his transition to female. So on the other side, him making such a point of saying that is my daughter and the A name was what she took as her new name in her identity. So I, to me, it was like so powerful because he had such a perception switch on the other side to be like, oh, wait a second. And he needed to say that. He needed to tell tell her that, that he accepts her for who she is, his daughter. So I thought that was really sweet. And then sometimes on the other side, they'll show me that they shot right into someone's arms, like right to their mom or right to their child who died. Sometimes I'll see somebody who died and they lost a child in their lifetime. They're holding the hands of their, of their child on the other side. So things like that, like they try to show me that they're with other energies and they're with people that they loved and they're in a place that feels like home. And sometimes they even have jobs and things like that. Well, okay, that, that's heavy. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. And I mean, again, for a guy like me who's terrified of this unknown, this blank space for eternity, how, <laughs> how I mean... It's not blank, though. I know. So you're... Re- I mean, you truly believe this. And this yeah. is 100%, no fooling. This is what you, yeah, and, you and, believe. And you know what? I really feel like we <clears throat> stay as our human identities. I mean, you can choose what you want. But I feel like on the other side, like you're Scott, right? Yeah. And like when you pass, you might want to stay Scott yeah. on the other side a bit because you have got kids and maybe grandkids and who knows what, you know? So I will see people cling to who their earthly identity was for a while and then eventually go back into what we really are, okay. which is like, I don't some sort of energetic collect. Okay, you're getting oh, freaked out okay, at me. Okay. Some sort of energetic energetic collective i feel like staying kind they, the people on the other side stay in their identities for us with the exception of sometimes and this is where it gets sensitive so i don't know else to say this okay i'll just go into it okay sometimes people who died by suicide because perhaps they were living such a horrific Men, existence in their biological brains, like mentally, and they had they suffered a lot of illness. And if I'm saying this incorrectly, I apologize, and I will reeducate myself if I'm saying this incorrectly. It's just how I get the energy. Sometimes they don't want to connect back to who they were in this lifetime. They actually need to be enveloped in spirit, which I'll feel that almost. And the only thing I can say is it almost feels like going back into the womb or some place where you feel completely enveloped in love and safe and healed. So my point is, is that when people are in incredible pain or trauma in their life, they don't always want to connect back to that. They really want to go back into the bigger unconditional love that I truly feel is what you would call God or whatever name you want to give that. So sometimes I'll feel that from people and they will give a whisper back like, I'm sorry, or, you know, I apologize that it had to be this way or whatever, but they're just completely enveloped in that love. I hope that makes sense to people. Yeah. Because it, well, it's something that like, that happens a lot. That really happens a lot. I see that a lot with people who have suffered that way. And it's a question I get a lot, like what happens? 
when someone dies by suicide and it's like that's that's just a feeling I'll get when I look at a picture of somebody that that's happened. Okay. I just want one more thing before yeah. we we just kind of get into the interview. So two episodes back on the gender episode, we were talking about my cousin Annette, yeah. who we dearly love. Don't say don't say her name so we know for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know, right at the moment that I said how you know Annette, we love you, whatever. There was this voice on the recording that the listeners, you guys, pointed out to us uh, afterwards, and it said Annette, but the just the word Annette. Right after what I when I said that, it just said Annette. Mm-hmm. The voice, you know, we were trying to figure out: Did you say that? Did Mystic Michaela say that? We we figured no. Um, it didn't sound like your voice. It sounded more like a robotic voice, like a Siri type voice. It was very strange. I mean, now could it have been possibly you? Yes. Of course it could have possibly been you. You don't remember saying it. It doesn't sound like you. And then other people were asking, well, you know, that no, that new Annette were asking, well, it doesn't sound like her voice. So could, could you kind of explain why it wouldn't have sounded like her voice? Sometimes when you make connection and some of you might have had an experience where you heard a voice, um, like actually audibly heard someone's voice <laughs> say something. They don't always sound like they wouldn't sound like they would in life, and it's just for a very kind of like obvious reason. When you die, your voice box goes away. Okay, okay? like you don't have that anymore. So sometimes when loved ones on the other side use technology to connect with you, they're gonna kind of they're gonna absolutely sound different because they're just using what they have to make a noise. Yeah. So sometimes it's a whisper. Or sometimes it's just like a deep voice or something. It doesn't, it not necessarily is going to sound like them because they're trying to manipulate airwaves or sound waves or something to create yeah. the words with energy. But again, they don't have a voice box. That's how you right. sound like yourself because right. you have a, like a voice box yeah. that's attached to your body. Like if I went, if you put me in a different body, I'd sound different. Yeah. So but it's, I know. And this one sounded so like machine made or something. I don't remember saying it. That's the thing. Yeah. But. I like to be, because like when I put up my video, like my paranormal videos and recordings and stuff, I like to be absolutely 1000% sure that one I'm just not, you know, I'll always be like a hundred percent honest with everybody. I will tell you this, like that moment we were recording it, I felt her presence around us, but I feel it often. She's very strong. Like she pops up all the time for us. Right. So like the other day I found a card that she had written, like in the middle of the toolbox. Like why was a card from Annette in the toolbox? Why would it even be there? You know, and, and it was like this old card. It's just I don't know. so little random signs come from her all the time. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that she would try to pop in and say, hey, you yeah. know. It's really cool. It I mean, was I, cool. I did ask uh, Tim the long-haired ghost hunter oh, did from you? the Halloween episode. And he, and he basically just said, you know, he didn't hear, he doesn't have a copy of the recording, but he basically said, if there, I think he said hertz or megahertz of human voice only goes to a certain megahertz or I don't know what he was saying, hertz, you know, a little green explanation for yes. me. So if the, that voice recording was not within the bandwidth of a human voice, you could possibly, but I don't know how we oh, would. Oh, that's a really interesting, like scientific way. Yeah, that's yeah. probably how, because he has all those he tools. All the, right. So. Oh yeah. Definitely listen to the ghost hunting episode. If you haven't, the Mystic Michaela Halloween special, we learned so much about technology with ghost hunting on that episode it was really cool yeah and if you do want to listen to the annette voice i think it was at 25 minutes and 52 seconds right on, on the, the gender, norms, uh, gender episode. norms episode all right we have a couple ads and then we're back with julie 
Maybe it's eggs. Maybe it's almonds. Maybe it's the unsuspecting banana or carrot. If you struggle with common symptoms like bloating, stomach aches, migraines, or indigestion and wonder whether they could be related to food, the Everly Well Food Sensitivity Test may help you find more clarity in a guide and guide you through a two-part elimination diet by measuring your reactivity to 96 common foods. Everly Well at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness all at an affordable and transparent cost. With over 30 tests, you'll be able to choose the ones that make the most sense for you. Food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid are just a few of the many options. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships your at-home test labs straight to you with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Using the prepaid shipping label, you'll mail your test back to a certified lab. In just days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device, and you can share the results with your primary care physician to help you guide next steps. Over 1 million people have trusted EverlyWell with their at home lab testing. I took the food sensitivity test and I loved that it comes in this little box. It's very organized. It's all set up. It's no fuss. I sent it back. I got so many um, specific insights into myself. And now I know that dairy just isn't my friend. Okay. So for only $24.99 a month, the Everly Well Control Membership puts your health and wellness in your hands with a proactive testing. You can select one qualifying at-home lab test of your choice each month and enjoy membership benefits like exclusive offers, savings, and more. And for listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash KYA. That's Everly Well dot com slash kya for twenty percent off your at home lab test. That's everlywell.com slash kya. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, we've been taught that mental health shouldn't be part of normal life, but that's wrong too. We take care of our bodies with the gym, the doctor, and nutrition. We should be focusing on our minds just as much. I say this all the time, my BetterHelp sessions, I look forward to them all week. They help me center myself and they, I just love my counselor and I can go on my phone. I just open up my app. It's very easy and convenient. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Know Your Aura listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash KYA. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash KYA. Hey, Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. I am here with such a special guest. You can find her as Hospice Nurse Julie on Instagram and on TikTok. She is a hospice nurse and she's a death and dying educator. Hey, Julie. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So many of my listeners were sending me your TikToks and your Instagram videos. And wow, I was just blown away. Um, 
just by everything that you do and everything that I feel like you're you're touching upon for people, what is it that exactly, what is a hospice nurse? What do you do? The great question. So we do, we have many roles, but in general, we are more focused uh, at, at end of life. So most of our patients do eventually die. Um, and we are just experts in like pain management, symptom management from certain diseases, and then death and dying. So we help people um, die naturally, I think. I mean, they're usually dying from some thing, right, some disease, but there's no interventions being taken. So as hospice nurses and any any care provider in hospice, we are experts in helping manage those things at home. And do you know what an aura is? (laughs) Um, I know what I think an aura is. Do you want to hear what yeah, I think I it do. is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, tell I don't, me. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I feel like some people can see or they or uh, think that people have uh, like colors around them, colors or energy around them. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what I think it is. But yeah, I and I so like on here, like what I try to do is I talk about the different colors, but also give everybody else the tools to read their own energy and other people's energy as a way to like live their authentic life and maybe understand people a little bit better. But I wanted to talk about your aura because it's really cool and special, if that's okay. Ooh, okay. All I right. love it. So you're yellow. And then what's interesting is in some of your TikTok videos, <laughs> you're blue with the yellow. And then some of your videos, you're indigo with the yellow. So like over here, we call that like blue to go. But what's interesting is the way that you change based on the videos. So this is just like my rundown and tell me if this makes sense. Okay. So, and this is why I got so emotional when I was like looking at your TikToks because I was like, whoa. So I, being yellow, I see a lot of like nurses will be yellow a lot of times because yes, you have to keep charts and kind of like a professional, like a professional boundary in a lot of ways. Like that's the organization, that's the science, that's the, okay, let's take it back to the facts or what's going on here. Let's explain it back to you. Also, I feel like it's uh, just with you in general and probably like a lot of people in your, in your practice, it's important to go in to a situation like this and be somebody for the person that's dying. That's not going to make it about themselves or make, you know, like just be their, their support system, somebody who gets it, somebody they can lean on and talk to. And then what's interesting about your blue slash indigo, cause that's like your empathy. Like you really feel what people are going through, even if they're not verbal or just, you can just kind of sink in there and, and, you know, kind of get a feel for it. But what's interesting to me is you're doing that for all of us too. So it's like you're taking your experience that you have hands-on with people who are dying in their families and their loved ones, and you're letting us in on this thread of what it means for all of us. You know, we try to keep death so separate from us, and you just making that 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 connecting. And then I saw on your TikTok you say that you're you're trying to just normalize death. Well, I don't know. What is that? I, I went on, on, on. What does that mean for you? No, you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. You, you, I, I love it. Thank you. Because it means a lot for someone else to like be able to put that into words because I do want to do that and help everybody. Uh, anyway, uh, like it, death touches everybody, including me, right? Like I'm going to die. <laughs> like it's not like I'm above all of this, right? So and I'm also saying it for myself. Um normalizing death like to me because we're all going to die and if we're not dying immediately someone around us maybe um and it's always this like whisper 
Like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I even notice, I even notice healthcare. I even notice me doing it sometimes. And I stop myself. Like when I'm talking to a family, I'll be like, I'll be like a normal talking voice. And then suddenly I'll go like this because, <laughs> because I want to whisper the bad, the things that I think are. And I'm like, why am I doing that? <laughs> we, I, I know it's because we're trying to be sensitive to and some people do need that. I do try to like read the room, right? I'm not just going to come at everybody with the same energy because I do, some people need to be a little softer, a little gentler. So I do understand that. But in general, I want to make it so, not me, but all of, I, I, I'm not trying to like take this on, to, like take the world by the storm. I want like a community of people to do this where we are not hush-hushing the dying, not hush-hushing the word death, not putting someone a die, who's dying away in the corner room. Like, if it makes sense to be in the corner room, okay. But, like, not because, like, don't show, don't show the kids Nana. <laughs> Nana's right, in the, yes. You know, I, I want it to be, like, this open thing where we are all seeing this yeah. because it all happens to us. And it's not as scary as we think. So uh, I just want to normalize it so people start understanding that it doesn't have to be, take the fear out of it. Take the fear away from it. We can still have all the emotions. It's sad. It doesn't have to be as scary as we think. That, I mean, no, I just went on and on. I no, don't know. I love Does it. Does that make sense? No, like, <laughs> like it's very emotional to me. Just, um, just looking at what you're doing and being like, here, let me explain it to you. Like a lot of your videos, I see that you're like, I feel like, okay, so there's a lot of trauma that I think we've all, and I'm sure everyone listening is like, well, I saw this when my so-and-so was dying. And yeah. you take the time to explain that in a very yellow person way, kind of scientific. Um, and I love that you do that. Can you give me an example of that? Cause you know, for, you know, sometimes people are all oh, the way they looked or this or that. And, and just that, yeah. Can you explain that for us? Cause I feel like a lot of us hold these images and they, they stay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and that's very true. And I also don't want to like, away, um, like I literally just made a video about this last night. I just made a video about this last night. And I'm going to post it today. That's crazy. Um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because someone said, someone made a comment and I love these comments because then I can respond to them. Someone said basically kind of, kind of being like, uh, you know, a little annoyed because it can trigger a lot of people. Me being like, it's all normal. People die peaceful. And then people are kind of like, screw you. <laughs> I watched my loved one die. And it didn't seem peaceful at all. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And they'll list all these things. And last night someone said, um, I can't remember, uh, like their uncle or something, um, had super high temperatures and really rapid breathing. It didn't look, it didn't look peaceful at all. Um, and one, I'm not there. So that might not have looked peaceful. I'd have to be there to know uh, what looks normal and what looks not normal. And then when I say not normal, it's still normal, but something we would medicate, mm, right? Because yeah. it, they don't look peaceful. But my point to saying this is so many times I hear from people that their loved ones suffered at the end of life. And it was so hard to watch because their breathing was really rapid. They were really hot. They looked... Um, they made this weird face. They had this gurgle. And all of those things are actually to be expected at the end of life and are very, very normal. And usually, even though they look, it, I think we're just not used to seeing it. So to us, it's like, they're not breathing the same way we see them breathing. That doesn't, I don't like that. You know, I don't like how that looks. It looks like they're not okay. I would say 
eight times out of 10, they probably are okay. How do we know? Because of how, if I, if I, that's why I think a nurse or someone who knows death should be bedside a couple of days before someone dies, just, yeah. just to like be there to tell the family it's okay. Or if it's not okay, then then we would medicate. Right. So, um, you know, seeing fevers at the end of life, totally normal. And there is things we can do about it because fevers can be uncomfortable, but it can be something as easy as a cold cloth on the forehead or any kind of like pit area, pits, like under the knees. Yeah. Um, it can really cool down the body and it can feel good. Just nurturing um, them. Mm-hmm. Just nurturing them. Right. And knowing that, um, what was the original question? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to. <laughs> I'm like getting off on tangents. <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's normalized. Oh, oh like um, things. Well, yeah, yeah like people hold question? trauma. They're like, oh my gosh, my husband, like, and, and, and he didn't look like himself. And that must mean that what's next to happen to him was horrible or something. Or was he in pain and I couldn't help him? Or how out of control I feel like we can feel yes. like that. Yes. That thank you yes so uh, a lot of things like we can medicate if if the breathing does look uncomfortable but breathing changes like rapid shallow breathing is a normal thing of death and dying and it doesn't mean they're uncomfortable it's literally the body's physiological response to dying because we are built to die yeah explain like our, that because like doing it yeah well. Well, one, it's like when someone's dying a natural death, there's meaning on hospice, no interventions. Mm. Uh, there's, it's like, it's like systematic um, for the most part. I mean, some diseases can kind of get in the way of that, right? And we have to medicate for pain and certain things. But in general, it's like systematic when someone's actively dying, uh, meaning hours to a few days, no matter what disease you're dying from, almost everybody looks the same and does the same thing wow. because it's how the body shuts down. And that is why hospital deaths where we're not allowing that to naturally happen. Now there's been fluid pumped through this patient. How do I know this? I worked there for nine years. We pump people full of fluid when they can't necessarily take it or handle it all. So they look a lot different in the hospital. Hospital deaths look a lot different. Um, But when you are naturally dying at home and we are slowly and the body's slowly doing it, um, the actively dying phase, I mean, almost everybody looks exactly the same and has the same exact things happen, meaning changes in breathing, temperature changes, the, the wet or gurgly breath, um, um, changes in skin color. And our bodies like have systematic things that kind of like help us die. And the less we mess with that, the better, the better we usually are. And I don't mean like medications. Like if someone needs liquid morphine to like relax their central nervous system so they don't have to like fight so yeah. hard, um, then then so be it for sure. Let's give that. But what I mean is like, we don't need to like give them nutrition. We don't need to right. place an IV and give them fluid. And if anything, that'll make it worse. And when I say that, I mean like 10 out of 10 times, <laughs> meaning always, yeah. always make it worse. Um, because that's getting in the way of our body's natural mechanism. And it's it, but the body at that time is in shutdown mode. It's in, I'm dying. I know that this is happening. And let me do this. I feel like part of the comfort that you bring people with this education is it, death is natural. And it's a yeah. transition just like birth is natural. And it's a transition. Death is natural. I think what 
and I wonder if it's our culture versus other cultures too. Like, I wonder if, if like there's different, I'm, I'm assuming cause I'm only from my culture. <laughs> like if there's this, like the whole stick the gram on the corner thing and don't let, you know, anybody see her, you know, cause that would stress them out. Like I feel like in other cultures, maybe that's super not the case and, and it is more part of it. And, and then it's less th- seeing as like a natural part of life. Um, that, I mean, for me, that brings me comfort, like the natural, the way that you explain it yeah. being natural. Yeah, no, and and just so everyone knows, I like learned this as a nurse. Like, I didn't learn this in nursing school. I didn't learn this working in the ICU. I learned this being a hospice nurse. Like, wow. this is and this is why I started this channel because I was like, after doing this for only five five or six years, I keep losing track. I was an <laughs> ICU nurse for most of my career so far, and just being in this environment and seeing it time and time again, it's like wow people need to know this. This is miraculous, in my opinion, uh, because how much our body knows what's going on. It's like, whew, it's, uh, so that's why I started talking about it because I realized most people don't know. No, we don't. don't know that. Because yeah, we Including don't know. Including other healthcare workers. Right. Like and just your, that experience that you can bring to it, just like, um, a couple of things that I find interesting, you know, Betty White, actually today, even though it's going to, this is going to air next week, but today's like the, uh, it would have been her hundredth birthday. And I don't know if you saw, there was like this story where her last words were her husband's name. I don't know if you saw that story. How often- I did. I actually, I have a uh, an Instagram post about it because I do an Instagram series called Last Words. So she was one of them. Yeah. Oh my God. How, I, I mean, it just like made me, it brought me tears and made me like, emo- I feel like a lot of us are like, oh, it's beautiful. How often do you see that, that kind of unexplained phenomena happen, I suppose? Uh, girl, all the time. <laughs> really? All the time. So I think people's misconceptions of some of my TikTok videos, the ones, my most popular one is one of the phenomenons of people seeing dead relatives or dead loved ones, I should say. Cause some people are like, I don't want to see my dead relatives. What are you talking about? <laughs> so loved ones, loved ones, right. Or friends or pets. Oh. Pets is a thing. People see their pets. People always ask. Believe people it. do see their pets. Um, it has nothing to do with my people because people, because because they go viral, I get a bunch of, I get all types of people commenting. I cannot right? imagine. And, yes. I, <laughs> and I do get comments of like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? You shouldn't bring your personal beliefs into this, into this realm. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not at all trying to get anyone to believe in anything, but I want everyone to know that this is a thing. I mean, any person in hospice, any doctor, any nurse, Anyone working in hospice will tell you this is a thing. People see their dead loved ones. That's it's like eighty percent. Wow! Like it's 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 an obscene amount. It's like so much that I can't even keep track of it. That's just we actually put it in our educational books to help families and patients know that this is a sign that people are getting close to death. That's how wow. much it happens. Wow! So and people think. There are times when people say it like on their deathbed, meaning like right before they die. But most of the time, it's about a month before they die. Really? So when I, yeah. So when I, it's about a month before they die and they're usually very lucid. It's something to do with not making any sense. So how do I tell the difference between when someone has like some kind of like ICU psychosis, which we used to see all the time in the ICU or some delirium or um, it's because it's, that's usually mixed with agitation and restlessness. They're usually agitated, restless, saying strange things, saying they're seeing things, and there's some kind of agitation around it. Okay. This, when when we talk about visioning, 
um, or seeing dead loved ones, that is, they're usually lucid. They're usually comforted. And it's very matter of fact. Wow. Or they're a little like, um, <laughs> they'll, they'll come to me like, hey, you know, like what's going on here? Or I, I dreamt, sometimes it's in a dream, but mostly it's in, it's in real time. They think they see people. Like they physically um, see with their eyes. They're like, do they you see what I'm see seeing? Like that? Eyes. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's so amazing. they either physically see with their eyes or it's a little like dreamy, right? Like uh, they came to me last night. Um, so sometimes it's actually in dreams. Sometimes it's a little more like um, it feels like a ghost, but not scary. I guess ghost sounds scary. No, I know but, what you mean. Um, Spirits aren't scary. It's more like, whoa, there you are like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And it's and sometimes they're surprised. Yeah. They'll, say, they'll be like, whoa, what are you doing here? And then the people will be like, who's here? What? And they'll be like, you don't see Maddie? You know, and Maddie is the brother who died or whatever, right? So, I mean, countless. That's actually a sign to me. When I start seeing that, or if families would come up to me and go, hey, He's starting to hallucinate. He's saying he sees our parents. Um, I don't know what to say to him. I will definitely say, well, just so you know, that's really normal. I would just go with it. Yeah. As long as he's okay with it. And two, that likely means death is death is close. Wow. Within a month or so. That's that's and amazing. They, and, um mm-hmm. just because they do mediumship, like sometimes I mean, like they, I get glimpses a little bit from people from people who've passed, like that it's okay over there. There's something more, or this is like this is a stop on a much bigger point of something else. Um, you know, they sh- they give me little glimpses, so I don't, I don't, I guess I don't fear death because of that. You know what I mean? But like, I fear leaving the stuff I got to do, because I have, you know, I don't want to, I'm I'm, I'm doing stuff here. I don't want to leave that, but I'm not scared Mm -hmm. of death itself. But as a hospice nurse, like, do you fear death? Like, what is it about death? Because I think this is like the whole point of your channel too, like not to, but like, why don't you, I guess? All right. Yeah. Well, what I do always try to normalize that it's really normal to fear death, like to start there with like, instead of being like, don't fear death, you know, it's like, well, it's super normal. It's unknown. That's why everyone fears it. (laughs) Or I shouldn't put that on everybody. That's why I think everyone fears it. Mm. Um, So no, I don't fear death. I always say that I don't want to die. I want to live a long life and I'll be sad to leave the things I know, you know, and the people I know, and I don't want it to come anytime soon, but if it does, it does. But in general, I don't because I just had too many times in my life where I feel like, like you said, like I've had glimpses of, and this is even before I'm the hospice nurse, I, uh, but I've had glimpses of, I don't know what to accept, except for uh, like glimpses of, I think we don't really die afterwards. I think, I don't know what happens. Like I'm clear that I don't know, yeah. but I know that I don't think we actually, I, I just think we change in some form. And wherever I'm going is going to feel way more like home than than this act my actual earth home yeah, <laughs> does. That's beautiful. I feel like I'm going to die and be like, oh yeah, and like remember all the things that I've forgotten. There was yeah. a video that this was like the one everybody was sending me about some experience you had in the car. Could you explain that? Could you could you retell that for us? Because that's that was remarkable. 
I know. Oh, it's so funny. I was just driving around because I was in the neighborhood of where that where right one patient. This is a story for, for people who don't know. I've been telling it a lot, but um, which I don't mind. I just I think there's like repeats of people are like listening. But um, so I have a, my favorite patient, of course, uh, and I feel like this patient of mine. Um, so oh wait, so what I was talking about driving around. So I was in his neighborhood yesterday. And I was trying to find his house because it's been years and I can't remember exactly where it is, but I can remember the street it's on, but I can't, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it, but I can, I can remember what his apartment looked like in my head. But anyway, side note. So that experience is um, a patient that I feel like gave me a glimpse of what it's like to die. So Uh it's never happened since and it didn't happen and it hasn't happened before this. um, And I don't know why. I don't know why this particular patient it happened with, but I was in my car and the patient was uh, actively dying in his apartment with another nurse. And I had gone there just to check on him because we were all really close. And I knew he was dying very soon. I could tell uh, just by how he looked. So I knew he'd be dying within the next you know, day or so or a few hours. And I was in my car thinking of him and just like hoping for him to have um, a nice transition. Like I was almost happy for him. Um, and suddenly I heard a voice in my head for better, I can't really explain it, but it felt like his voice is in my head. And I could also feel, I think what he was feeling, which was like super intense feelings of, um, like retelling it doesn't do it justice. I know what you mean. Retelling it doesn't do it. There's no words probably. (laughs) There's no words. Mm -hmm an experience for lack of, it was like a full experience of felt like flying wow. in a good way because I wouldn't <laughs> want to be flying <laughs> so but it felt good and like flying and it was like he the way I could picture his face was like total freedom and release and joy and he was smiling and I could hear his voice and it was basically like him not saying much it was like him experiencing what it felt like to die and he was going oh my gosh Julie actually saying my name. Oh my gosh, Julie, if I would have known how good it is, if I just would have known, if I would have known, this is amazing. This is like better than I ever could have imagined. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Julie. Oh my gosh, Julie. And it was like, he was like soaring, uh, with, and there was like exuberance and joy and freedom and just overwhelming feelings of like release and, um, he wasn't saying much except for like, oh my gosh, Julie, if I would have known, because he didn't actually say, if I would have known, I wouldn't have been so scared. He didn't say that. But yeah. like him and I have had so many conversations because he, we would have like philosophical conversations about like, what is life and what is death? And, and he was, he was afraid, yeah. uh, just like most people, you know? And so he didn't say like, oh my gosh, Julie, if I wouldn't have, if I would have known, I wouldn't have been so afraid. He didn't say those exact words, but I knew what he meant because we had talked for so long. So him saying, oh my gosh, Julie, if I would have known, I knew exactly what he meant. It was like, if I would have known how good it is, you know, I didn't know how good this is. And um, I was just crying and weeping. Like you said, it's like different. It's different than crying. It's like, I was just weeping in my car of like pure love and joy. And it was all good, all good tears, nothing bad about it at all. I wasn't sad at all. I was just completely overjoyed and then it stopped Mm -hmm. and I was sort of in my car like 
drying my tears and being like, what the hell was that? Yeah. You know? And then my nurse inside the house called and said he had died. Wow. And I was thinking like, yeah. And I was, and it was, it was literally like, I mean, I mean, in the same amount, like I stopped, I was still like kind of in shock of what just happened and my phone rang and she said he died. And I was thinking, I know. Wow. Because <laughs> he just showed me what happened. Wow. And I didn't say that to her at all because I was still in shock and still kind of like, know what that was and yeah it was amazing that's amazing amazing. I mean when when I saw that and like when you retell it I get chills like oof like chills um but that's like um it's it sounds like two things but it's a little different like empathic mediumship like where you can kind of channel someone's emotions through you or whatever like they're a conduit like you become a conduit for for their energy so they can take you on that ride or that trip or show you and it sounds like you got a vision of what what the other side is too cuz like when you say yeah. like there's no words for it um I've only had an experience like that once too like where I feel like I got a a vision of it and it was like I'll never be able to describe it it was more like just feeling what love is like yeah. Like what love and elation is like that. Like yeah. if you could feel that more than a word, like that's kind of, yeah. so that's really, that's really special. Um, when you, when you're dealing with people who are younger versus older is, is like, how is that for you? Like, how do you handle, I mean, I'm sure not that it's less sad or more sad or anything. I don't know. Like, it, how do you deal with like, yeah, like, different people in different stages of life does that affect you in different ways yeah I mean I would say it is more sad Mm. like like it is more sad it's a life that hasn't really been able to be lived right and they usually are much more like I'm pissed I don't want to die you know because because you are with these people right so um yeah I don't want to say like one life matters more. I know what you mean like yeah, you, you know don't want to I mean? say like yeah. one's more sad than right. other but but it does it does feel like that because there's a lot of more um emotions a lot of elderly people who are dying are ready to die, yeah, they will straight up be like, "I want to, I'm done with this <laughs> yeah. right or or they're like, I lived a good life, it's a lot of reflection, a lot of like I've lived a good life, I'm ready type of thing um but I mean, that's like, I feel like only people in their late eighties, nineties are like that. Anyone uh-huh. else is still to me, like young, they're I'm fighting, like, oh, they're fighting still, for it yeah. still. Yeah. But like, but like thirties, forties, fifties, um, to me, it's different because they are fighting more, mm. um, which I understand. And it's usually the, if you're, you, if you're dying, it's usually because of some pretty difficult disease. Yeah. So then you're on top of that, you're dealing with a difficult disease, meaning a lot of symptoms for the mm-hmm. most part. And then it's hard too, because on a science, on a science, like biological, like if we're just strictly talking about that, usually one or two things in the body are affected. So usually it's like the liver or it's the bowel or, you know, so it's not, uh, or it's the brain. And then the rest of the body is fine. So it drags on. It can, you know, it's just, it's this lingering kind of, it it prolongs suffering. It feels like Um, it's usually harder to, to manage their symptoms. So you have to, they're either like very asleep or like awake and not okay. Yeah. Not always. Like, I'm not trying to paint this like horrific picture, but I would say younger people, it is, it is harder so it does seem more of a struggle um i've seen very few like accepting peaceful like graceful 
young deaths. They've all been pretty rough on everybody. I think like their their struggle sometimes is a sign of how much they still want to be with the people in in their world. And just yeah. to, and I ask this only because like just all the people that I talk to who've lost like a parent or somebody who is too young, so hard for them to like they they're angry too, you know. So there's this lingering yep. just like anger about this process <laughs> that um, doesn't seem fair. And you, as a hospice nurse, you don't just deal with the pa- the patient; like you're dealing with families in their yeah. homes, right? Because you go to the homes. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how do you? I guess there's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of different ways people can react to death. How and and you're yellow and I. <laughs> Yellow people are pretty good. I'm not wearing a yellow shirt. And you're wearing a beautiful yellow, like flower, sunflowery shirt. So, how do you? So, I know like you have your bit of like um, your professional decorum that probably comes out if someone's a little cranky today about their life not going great, you know, which you get. Yeah. How do you deal with the personalities? I guess is my question. I would just, this ties into what I was going to say about the young people and being angry. Mm. Uh, To me, what I really try to do with those patients and their families is to try to be comfortable. So many people are uncomfortable with uncomfortable feelings, Mm. right? Like, like our world is full of people who are trying to make people feel better, right? Like it's okay. At least you had a good 38. I I don't know. Just like to me, like obscene things because they don't know what to say. And my mom (laughs) is one of them, God bless her. But she's, you know, she would, it's just like, Let's pray for a miracle or, you know, oh it's like, God. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> like, but, so the main thing I do is allow them to feel all the things. I do not ever, ever, ever try to make them feel better ever. Mm-hmm. I just say, usually I just, uh, if I ever become like not professional, I, like I'll, I'll usually just be very human and be like, this sucks. Yeah, this like, does I know suck. it sucks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. This sucks. There's nothing to say else except for this sucks and it's so hard. If there's anything I can say is your hospice team is here to help with all the suckiness. That's the only thing. Like we're I'm gonna do the best I can to alleviate what sucks, like the symptoms that suck about it. Yeah. Everything else is like I just I think it's so important to like validate people and meet them where they're at. Versus trying to, like, this isn't a word, and I keep saying it, but like, dis, like, like, um, like, not validate how they're feeling, yeah, by being like, don't say that. Like, so many, so many families, it's like someone's being like, I don't know, I'm dying, this sucks, and then the 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 wife, and I get it, I get why they're doing it, but like the wife or someone, don't say that, don't say you're dying, and it's like, let them say that, they are dying. Yeah. This sucks. This fucking sucks. Can I swear? Yes, you can. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, because it does. Like, that's the thing. And it, and, and I, yes. I, yeah, and maybe it makes everybody just has like a big sigh of relief. It's like, oh, thank God somebody said it. Like, <laughs> yes. it does. Sp- I feel like that is, that is how I deal with anger. So, like, when people are really angry, mm-hmm. one, I let them be angry. And usually, once I let them be angry, the second they I let them do that, they burst into tears. Oh, I know. Sad. The second I go, the second I almost like meet their anger with like validation, I'm like, yeah, what the hell? You know, like almost like I hear you. They will instantly be like, <laughs> and just burst into tears oh. and start crying. And then it turns into like, 
this really nice conversation about how hard everything is. And then by the end of it, they're like hugging me and being like, thank you. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I literally didn't do anything. But you did, Julie, because you did. You know what I mean? Because like, it's and this is why I love what you do. Like, your profession is like just basically God's angels. Like, I don't even know how else to say it. Like, you're the angels that open heaven's gate for people and show them here this way over here. And this is what you do for everybody. It's like you don't deny what's happening. And I feel like when people are going through something, they can feel so isolated and alone, especially with death and dying and and being around this. I mean, not just the person that's dying, all the people that are feeling all the feelings around that person. Oh, and you just say like, just opening that door for them and saying like, yeah, it's happening. And I see you and I see what's happening. They're like, wow, thank you. Cause Mm -hmm. that's a gift. Again, that is comes back to normalizing death. I feel like everyone thinks my my job is depressing. I can't tell you how much people think it's like, ooh, and I'm like, you have no idea. It's not depressing at all. To see the relief on people's faces, to have one person in their life, and I'm not trying to have this like savior complex of like the one person. What I'm trying to do is make it so they don't only have one person, that everyone can do this because all they need is someone to not be afraid to say, this is what death looks like. This is what your specific death will probably look like. How do I know that? Because I've seen hundreds. And here's what we can do for you. And a factual, I mean, I I also have empathy and compassion and all the things, but like, but then to actually have someone who can look them in the eye and say death (laughs) and dying, and here's what we can do and not be afraid to say those things. The look of relief in everyone's face is is like undeniable and is not depressing it's like great i can help you like i don't know i just and 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 even just by having an open dialogue and having one person being comfortable talking about the real the real situation which is like you're dying and it's awful yeah (laughs) and not actually and maybe it's not so awful maybe like it or i'm sure it feels awful but here's how we can navigate these waters navigate it yeah yes which is what you do like you reach in you know exactly where they're hurting and you're like now let's give you some things you can control in the sea of a lot of crap you cannot control and people are like wow thank you thank you for seeing where i'm at and giving me some sort of semblance of security in the midst of this um which is just a beautiful gift i my husband has horrific, and now I know the word for it because I follow your TikTok, death anxiety. Mm. Absolutely horrific. Um, he wanted to come on and say hi, but he just he even couldn't. He couldn't. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, she's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, she's I yellow blue. Already. I'm like, yellow blues are great. Yeah. Just talk to yellow blue. So, but I just want you to know <laughs> that having this conversation with him has helped him a lot. Even, even just like, oh my God, you got to look at her videos. You got to look at this. And I'm, I'm like sharing all this stuff that you're saying. I'm like, Julie says this and hospice nurse Julie says that. And so just so you know, you are helping so many people um, that you don't even maybe, you know, people that know you who know, you know, like, you know, the secondary people, oh like God, they're, yeah. the ripples that you're doing. So you're not just helping people you know in in the houses that you go to you are really helping all of us you know outside touched by it um who who can follow you you. where do we find you what are you doing julie tell us everything oh my gosh thank you you can find me on instagram and tiktok um i 
have more followers on TikTok, uh, but I like Instagram a little better. Don't tell them because <laughs> it's just a little more, it's just a little more interactive. Yeah, it's like too. easier yeah. to do stories. And so, um, but yeah, Instagram and TikTok at hospice nurse, Julie, um, this is going to air next week. So it probably doesn't matter, but I do have, um, I'm promoting a documentary that I'm not in PS. A lot of people, um, I'm not in it, but I love it. And so I'm promoting that it's called in the realm of death and dreaming. Um, they can, I think people can still get tickets no matter what, but it's like technically streaming right now. Um, but that's really, not, not like that's really it, but like, those are my main platforms. Things are, things are going on in the works, right. Of, um, other, other avenues. But right now it's, I just love doing TikTok and Instagram. And I'm so happy that people are really willing to listen. You know, I didn't know if people were and I'm finding too, there's so many people like me out there, right? Like uh, there's so many educators out there that are, that are so great. There's so many hospice nurses, hospice and palliative care doctors, death doulas, um, mediums, which I'm not, you know, there's just so many, all of this is amazing to, to me. So, so TikTok and Instagram, hospice nurse, Julie, but there's a bunch of people out there too. If you're ever wondering like, I always promote people that I follow too, because there are so many great creators out there. Um, Thank yeah. you so much, Julie. Well, we so appreciate you being here. We're all going to give you a follow and can't wait to see what more you have to tell us. And Mystic Michaela's spiritual family. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This podcast is for you and about you and you all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.